This is Paths to Product, a show about current product managers and how they transitioned into the role. I'm Pallavi Hakeriker, and on the show today, we interview Andrew Ansel and learn how he went from studying business and mechanical engineering to becoming a hardware PM at Microsoft. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Ansel, who is a hardware PM at Microsoft. Thanks so much for joining us today, Andrew. Thanks, Pallavi, for inviting me. I'm excited to hopefully share my experience to help others. Could you start off by telling me a little bit about your background leading up to your full-time career? Yeah. So I grew up in Los Angeles, and when I was in high school, through watching some YouTube videos, I heard about consumer electronics and decided I wanted to work on them. I kind of saw it as that place where you could bring innovative technology to the consumers. And so I went to UC Berkeley to study mechanical engineering and halfway through added a simultaneous degree in business administration, which is called Haas undergrad. And I think the journey for me to PM was realized through internships. I did two engineering internships, including one at Tesla as a mechanical design engineer, and then two PM internships, one as a product design engineering program manager at Apple, and one as a program manager at Microsoft on devices. And that broad team is where I returned and now work full-time. Awesome. And so you talk a little bit about being interested in consumer electronics, but was there a moment or experience where you decided that you wanted to be on the product end of things? Because with a mechanical engineering degree, you might have also gone into more of the engineering and actually like building part of it too, right? Yeah, I think, well, if I think back to when I first got interested in engineering, it was really motivated by the impact that I could have with it. And what I realized was that doing the job of an engineer in industry was a little bit different than studying engineering in college. And I felt like when you go to a company and you're working on products that are um, that reach consumers, typically the people who decide what features to build are not the engineers. And while you can have really great contributions as an engineer and thinking about technical solutions that will um, be innovative, the actual decision making is typically not part of your job description. I think I realized that in my internship after my sophomore year and decided that I wanted to try out PM. And so that's why I decided to do first a product design EPM internship at Apple, which is kind of one step closer to product management. And then after that, realized I liked it and I wanted to spend more time working on strategic decisions and learning from the people who decide what do you actually build rather than how do you actually build it. And I felt like Microsoft was a great place to do that because I felt like it's kind of where the role of the PM started so many years ago. Yeah, definitely. And you said that you returned to the same team at Microsoft that you interned on. Could you tell us a bit about what that team is and what you're working on? Yeah. A little bit. So I'm a mechanical engineering program manager at Microsoft. I work on the Surface line of devices. And what I work on specifically is super top secret. But what I can say is the teams that I interact with on a weekly basis. And I think the most common teams I interact with are industrial design, mechanical engineering, other types of engineering, sourcing and supply chain, and the actual suppliers themselves in China, and of course, the rest of my PM team. That's really interesting. And it's 
a very different sort of cross-functional mix than I think traditional software PM roles might have, like having to talk to supply chain and manufacturing uh, is a very different mix. So that sounds really interesting. Yeah. And of course, there's there's some similarities. Like I love talking to the user research team too. And I know that that's a big team that software PMs collaborate with too. But But I think it is pretty different too. So everyone we've had on the show so far has been a software PM. So to help clarify for listeners, could you explain what it means to be a hardware PM and how that differs from the software PM role? Sure. So I'll touch on hardware PM and then Pauline, maybe maybe you can contrast that with your experience as a software PM. So as a hardware PM, I'm pulling this from the website, but you're responsible for leading the integration and de- delivery of new hardware products. And you work with multiple teams and external partners to define, design, integrate, optimize, deploy, and monitor new and innovative products. And also as a cross-functional leader, you will define requirements, like maybe like a PRD, develop and drive schedules, coordinate dependencies, drive factory readiness and volume ramp activities. And then ideally, I think you would also have a bit of experience working with the software development team to understand the hardware software integration. Um, but at a minimum experience, like you would leverage your experience working on high volume device manufacturing and working with external partners in different time zones. Interesting. So I feel like the core of it and a lot of the sort of tasks in the job description are similar to software. I think one of the biggest differences, or at least that I imagine would play out is the development times are so different with hardware versus software. So I wonder if, you know, when you're a hardware PM, are you working on features of hardware project products, sorry, for a longer period of time because it takes longer to go through the whole process of like actually prototyping and then manufacturing and releasing versus in software where you can work on a feature and probably iterate and have it out the door a little bit more quickly. I can imagine that's true. That makes sense. And can you talk a little bit about the difference between your experience at Microsoft and then some of the other places that you've interned at, like you mentioned? Yeah, of course. I think at Microsoft, I felt like the surface line of um, business is more like a startup inside of a big software company. And so there's a lot more, I feel like, opportunity to add your own perspective to the process that you work on and a lot more uh, kind of do it as you go mentality that I've seen around. Whereas I feel like at Apple, just if you think about it's a much bigger company and the products are much more mature in their product life cycles. And so you might imagine there's a lot more uh, history that you want to learn when you work there. And I also feel like it's just a fundamentally different company because it's a hardware first company, whereas Microsoft is a software first company. And that changes, I think, your understanding of where what you do fits into the broader company's goals. I'm unfortunately unable to talk specifically about things like team culture and things like that, because I think they're super specific to the teams that you work on. And I don't know how relevant it would even be if I was able to share. That's fair. And what I'd love to hear is when you sort of joined, whether it was, you know, the first internship where you were a PM or even thinking about uh, your full-time experience now as a PM at Microsoft, was there anything that you didn't really expect going into the role? 
I think I didn't realize how exhausting it would be because you have so many meetings during the day. And I think when you're in the full swing of your product development cycle, you might have your full day booked with meetings of design reviews or uh, PM meetings where you're communicating decisions to leadership and you're trying to get decisions made. And at the end of the day, you still have the core PM work that you have to do, like thinking about, are you actually building the right product, making sure that your schedule is on track and also the budget component to it too. And so it's a lot more work than I thought it would be, though I think that as an early in career PM, that's actually a good thing because you get an opportunity to learn really quickly when you're at a stage in your career where you are able to give that amount of work. Yeah, definitely. And I can really relate to just having hours and hours of meetings. And I think it's been like, I have to put a very intentional focus on trying to find just focus work time where I sit at my desk and actually crunch out the things that I need to do. Uh, So totally understand that dilemma. Yeah, it's real. So what I wanted to now is actually transition a bit into talking more about sort of the process of transitioning into PM. So how you prepared, um, and then sort of recommendations or advice that you might have for other people looking to do the same same sort of switch. Uh, so I'd love to start off by hearing a little bit about how you were thinking about moving into PM, um, beginning with how you sort of went about even getting interviews in the first place. Sure. So I think that there's two parts to that question. The first is, how did I think about going into PM? Maybe building off of what I touched on earlier. And the second is, how did I get interviews? So the first one, I think it was influenced by three main things. So first, my twin brother, who was also studying at Berkeley at the same time, was doing some PM internships since sophomore year. And so I had been seeing him and his experiences and hearing from him about what that role was like. Second, at my university, there were a good group of students interested in software PM and were getting cool PM internships at like Lyft, Google, Uber, and these companies. And I was able to connect with them through the undergrad business program and learn about their experiences. And then third, I feel like around the time that I was graduating, there were a lot of new PM programs that were just launching modeled off of kind of the more typical Silicon Valley PM programs. And so those companies were coming to campus. And so all of that kind of in addition to my experience with my internships led me to really want to pursue product management internship and full-time job. I think getting an interview is a really hard thing to do. And maybe uh, people underestimate how difficult it is because the, especially the rotational PM programs take maybe five or six people every year. If you think about who's qualified for those roles, it's so many people. It's not just the people who studied, you know, mechanical, electrical, or computer science, like mechanical engineering, It's not just the people who studied mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, or computer science. It could be people who studied business or studied kind of innovation, or they did a double major, or they maybe even they studied anthropology and they did a minor in CS. And so Mm -hmm. the competition is really intense. I think at, at Berkeley, fortunately, being surrounded by a lot of other people, you can get referrals if your friends know your work and can... Um, can vouch for you. And I also feel like having a dual degree in engineering and business differentiated me in the job market. And so I actually was able to get a lot of interviews for um, 
even for software companies like Lyft, Facebook, Uber, where I didn't, even though I didn't study computer science. Um, but I think, I think casting your net wide is important, but also trying to develop personal connections because um, at the end of the day, it's so much easier to, to ignore a resume of somebody who you have never met, even though that is uh, pretty sad. Yeah, I think referrals are a huge part of getting the interview. Um, and you mentioned how having the dual degree was one thing that helped you. Was there anything else that you think you had on your resume or even just abstracting to what people could do on their resumes to really stand out? I think I think about that point that people typically make about side projects and how confusing that is as a student, kind of what even is a side project. And I think it's a good point to make that you want to have side projects, but I also feel like leadership and communication are really important parts of the PM job. And maybe it depends on which organization you're part of, but at least in my organization, that's something that your undergrad engineering degree by itself is not going to teach you. So if you have a section on your resume that's titled leadership experience, and you've actually created new programs that have helped other people, and have applied this product management framework to problems that you've seen on campus, technical or non-technical, I think that helps differentiate you because a lot of engineering students at the age that you're applying are not going to be thinking about that, or at least from what I saw at Berkeley. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I feel like, you know, even when I was in college, when people would talk about side projects, I feel like it was a little bit more geared towards people who maybe wanted to become software developers. So for traditional side projects where you're building a website or you're building an app, I think that's an easier thing to sit down and do to show technical skills for technical roles like development. Um, but as you mentioned for PM, I think there's a lot of value add in other types of side projects or extracurriculars that you can be doing that show leadership, that show communication, um, that show you know being able to work with others and having empathy. Because uh, I think those are very important parts of PM that are harder to show in just like building a website or building an app. Yeah, and just to provide a concrete example, it's maybe something that I did that would be helpful to the audience. So when I was in my sophomore year, I worked with my brother to create and launch a speaker series on campus because I, we felt like the amount of people on campus were, um, like they all struggled with such different things, but there were also people on campus that had um, overcome those same challenges. And so the initial idea was how can we connect the students who have done maybe internships or research experiences or they've been in labs that would be able to help the students that are still finding their way or maybe didn't come in with built-in networks to, about what they should be taking advantage of in college and so we did that and we launched that we worked with people from you know students to help build out the program to actually the administrators to get funding and to have this be a consistent semester over semester thing and i think that's what i talked about in my interview at Apple and they really liked it because it was um, that was my first PM internship and they thought okay well this person you know is studying engineering at Berkeley just like a lot of our product design engineers have done but he's really interested in making his community better and actually um, solving problems that he finds and that's maybe a great attribute for or maybe a great indicator that he might be a good cross-functional leader or somebody who works with um, other people to to really drive solutions home. Yeah, that's a really great example. Thank you for sharing that with us. 
Great. So we talked a little bit about the process of getting interviews, and I want to move now to thinking about preparing for interviews and preparing to get the job. So you talked a little bit about the different resources that you had on campus and kind of the other students that were going through the PM process with you. Um, But can you dive in a little deeper about the sort of actionable things that you did to really prepare for those interviews? For sure. So, I mean, I had a lot of Google Docs that I would just write my my lessons that I would learn from different conversations that I would have. I think I started with having conversations with people who had done internships at those companies to to understand what the company culture was like. And then, because I really do think that's an underrated part of interview prep, mm-hmm. um, in addition to actually doing the doing the interview well. And so once I understood that, I also tried to prepare for the actual interview. And so, it's hard to prepare for a hardware PM interview because you don't know what you're going to be asked. It's not like an kind of because um, because I feel like it's a bit of a less traveled path, especially coming from college. So I had like the technical interview prep that I had done for my first two summers that I built on, and I would review those documents, and then I would want to do kind of product type of questions as well, and so I would lean on my software PM classmates to maybe do mock interviews and learn from them. And then I would also try to keep myself up to date with emerging trends because I had heard that maybe if something, if a company launches a product and you have an interview like immediately after, maybe they'll ask you about that. So yeah, maybe that's the three angles that I took. Yeah, that sounds really good. And do you have any recommendations of resources that you used to kind of work on those three things, whether that's books or podcasts or articles online? So I think the classic cracking the PM interview definitely applies here, but I also feel like that's a bit high level. And so there were some blogs that I looked at. I was recommended to look at stratechery.com, which is a, um, I think it's a former Microsoft employee who writes analyses on trends in the tech industry. And it's just really good for strategic, getting a strategic understanding of why certain companies might choose certain product decisions. There's another Medium page that I would look at that I was recommended by a Lyft APM, which is called stellarpeers.medium.com. And it walks through, I think, the three types of typical, like answers to the three types of typical software PM interviews, interview questions. So like product design, execution, and I forgot, is the third one leadership? maybe um yeah yeah and i think with stellar peers they actually do walk through some examples of questions and like how you might go about uh answering them which i thought was really useful because i know in cracking the pm interview they have a couple of questions where they also talk through solutions but then for the most part the rest of the book is questions and so having a few solutions that you can look at to sort of get a sense especially when you're first starting off and maybe haven't had any pm interviews can be really helpful yeah, and then mock interviews, of course. I think I had a couple friends, like one friend who had graduated and had become a full-time PM at Oath, which I think is Verizon Media. Mm-hmm. And she was amazing at PM interviews. And then another friend who's now a PM at Dropbox. Nice. Could you talk a little bit about what the full-time interview process was like for you for the hardware PM role? So I actually was a returning intern. So this is the kind of intern interview process. I think I had one phone screen with 
um, a full-time employee. It was a woman who had done her PhD in mechanical engineering and then got her MBA at Wharton. Mm -hmm. So she um, asked me, I think she asked me about, she asked me the typical PM questions, like what's your favorite product and what would you change about it? And also why are you interested in this role? And also what's your background and what um, kind of like, why are you here today? Like, why are we talking? And then after I passed that interview, I had um, an on-site interview, which is I think unique to the devices group at Microsoft, where they bring just everyone to from devices to interview on one day, but versus you know spreading people out on multiple days. And I think I had four interviews. I think the people came from sourcing, which is uh, a function that negotiates with the suppliers and so they asked me more about like materials and what do I think um, the products are made of and what would I consider when I'm thinking about you know changing something and then there was a development PM who asked me about um, my favorite product and I chose a surface product and what I would do to improve it there was a new product introduction PM who maybe asked more about um, bringing up factory lines and maybe even more about my background too and i think the fourth person might have been from a supply chain background so the way that it worked was there was a cross-section of many of the cross-functional teams that i would work with or that they might expect a pm to work with um, and i think they would have aggregated the feedback from all those different teams to say you know is this somebody who you think could be successful here since you are all stakeholders who this person would work with as a full-time or intern yeah, that's really interesting. And I guess it makes a lot of sense that they do have people from all the cross-functional roles that you have to interact with. But it does differ a little bit from, I think, the traditional software PM process. Like I think in my interviews, it was all PMs in the same org as the team that I ended up being placed on. But I don't think I really had to talk to developers, um, which I guess would be the primary other role, or even designers uh, that I would be working with. So it's kind of cool to see that they really do have a big focus on cross-functional communication with the hardware PM interviews. What advice would you have for other people that are looking to make a similar transition, whether that's going from college generally to PM roles, or even more specifically like you, someone who might be in a mechanical engineering program or that's more interested in hardware PM? I think when you're in an engineering undergrad, it can be easy to think that the engineering skills are the absolute most important and they're really important don't get me wrong but i think if you're if you know that you're interested in pm just being good at engineering is not going to necessarily get you the pm job because especially as you kind of gain more experience there's going to be people who are functional experts that know so much more than you and so i think that having a mindset of just being really curious and wanting to learn about um, new technologies, new ways of doing things, new industry trends is important and might not be facilitated by an engineering undergrad. So just, I'd say like be weary of falling into the kind of trap of you have to be just a, an amazing engineer because at the, the end of the day, the I feel like in an engineering undergrad, like at Berkeley, I was in classes with people who wanted to do PhDs in controls or uh, PhDs in robotics or anything like that. And those people are going to have a different perspective on what you should focus on. 
and somebody who wants to be even a mechanical design engineer in industry or an aerospace engineer or a controls engineer or an automation engineer or a manufacturing engineer, let alone a PM. And so you're all kind of taking the same foundational classes. And so be careful who you take your advice from is what I would say, and make sure that um, kind of like evaluate the advice that you get when you get it, because it might not totally apply to you. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And I think I wonder how that differs between software and hardware. So I majored in engineering as well, but it was a program more similar to industrial. Uh, And even though I'm now a software PM and I did take some programming classes, I don't think I really apply too much of my CS knowledge on my day-to-day as a PM. Whereas for a hardware PM, I wonder if you actually do get to apply like the math and engineering concepts that you learned in school to what you're doing on the job. Is that something that you find to be true? And is there any level of like way that you could quantify maybe what percentage you think of the materials you learned in school you get to apply now on the job? I think so. My answer is as a caveat going to be really specific to being a mechanical engineering PM at Microsoft and also really specific to the mechanical engineering curriculum at Berkeley, which I know is different than other schools. I feel like I agree with you that I do apply a lot of the, like the stuff that I learned in college. I mean, thinking about the, the main classes that I took that would be relevant, I don't, it's, I have a hard time giving a percentage, but maybe just sharing the classes would be helpful for any viewers or who are, or I guess any listeners who are in, um, in similar positions. So I think mechanical behavior of materials solid mechanics, heat transfer, CAD, manufacturing and tolerancing, mechatronics design, experimentation and measurements, not really fluid mechanics, but maybe, maybe that's something that I haven't experienced yet. And maybe also like linear algebra, multivariable calculus could be relevant if I'm working on working with software developers who are working on more advanced kind of artificial intelligence things. So like, that's kind of a lot of the classes that I took. I feel like a lot of them are relevant. Yeah, that's definitely more than I was expecting. And it's interesting because I had to take a bunch of those mechanical engineering classes for my major, even though it's not fully related just for accreditation purposes. and I, in, the, in the time, I didn't really know when I would apply those. So it's cool to hear that you're actually getting to use the stuff that you learned in those classes at, at work. So the last question I have then is, if you could go back and tell yourself one thing as you were making that transition um, from college into your PM role, what would it be? So I think for me, which was, again, this is just my perspective, but so I guess for context, When I came to college, I was the first person in my family to study engineering. And so everything was new to me. And so I think there were a lot of times where I felt really uncomfortable, whether that was in preparing for an exam, preparing for an interview, just not really knowing kind of what would um, like what to expect. And I think at the beginning, especially in the exam environments, like when I would get to a problem that I thought, oh, this is so different than what I've ever seen before. I think at the beginning, I would get a little bit scared of that question and then maybe not apply myself as much to it and think, okay, well, I just can't really do it. So, oh, well. Um, But what I learned is like, actually, 
when I feel uncomfortable, that means that it, that's actually a good thing. And um, the advice that I would give is like, don't let your brain kind of turn off when you reach challenges that are outside of the scope of what you've learned before. And know that, you know, you can, you essentially like have proven yourself enough and you have the capabilities to succeed. So, um, so like, don't let that feeling of being uncomfortable stop you from trying to learn and trying to make yourself better because maybe Polly, like you might have a similar experience, but like when you get to, when you make that transition from college to the real world, it's kind of like that transition from high school to college all over again. It's, it's everything is brand new. You thought you were so good at everything that you did in the previous time, but then actually you have to learn a lot more and um, you're always learning something new. And so that feeling of being uncomfortable, it comes up a lot, at least for me. Yeah, no, I can definitely relate. I think there's just so much that school might not necessarily prepare you for. And it's just the nature of school versus being in the real world. Um, and I think back to the first few months of the full-time job and there was so much that felt overwhelming. But I think even now I'm only nine months in, but I think I can look back and say, I've learned so much and I feel so much more comfortable and confident. And I think sometimes it just takes a bit of time for you to ramp up and sort of get used to the new reality. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to being at that nine month point and looking back on now and thinking, you know, I've come a long way. <laughs> I think you'll be there soon enough. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and sharing your insights. I think the listeners are really going to appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Pallavi. Thanks for joining us on This Path to Product, from college to Microsoft Hardware PM. If you're looking to pivot to product management and want to suggest a transition to cover, or have transitioned into product management yourself and want to be featured, reach out to us at pathstoproduct.com. See you next week.